This is Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. This program is designed to help you build your faith in God's Word, receive His healing delivering power, and experience God's best in every area of your life. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Regardless of what you may be facing, His Word and power are available to you today. Thanks for joining me again on Healing for the Nations. We're really glad that you've tuned in. We have a special treat for you today. Dr. Michael Jacobs from Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana, will be teaching you the Word of God and ministering to us today. A real man of God who's with over 40 years experience, over 90 nations has ministered. Last time, Dr. Michael Jacobs ministered on part one of Angels on Earth. Today, you'll hear him minister part two on the same subjects angels on earth they're waiting on you you need to go back and read the whole chapter where i give you a reference go back and read the whole thing several verses before and several verses after i encourage that i've just done my homework i just did what i'm supposed to do and i'm trying to share with you 30 some years of revelation coming out in 50 minutes how do i do that i'm not sure that i'm doing very good i'm trying to help you Look here, Daniel 10, this is an angel. If you went back and read it, you'd find that out. And I encourage you to do it later. But verse 18, don't be reading where I'm not at because then you miss what I'm saying. Verse 18, Daniel 10, 18. Then there came again and touched me, one like the appearance of a man. Now notice it says like the appearance of a man. He wasn't a man, it was an angel, but he said he had the appearance of a man and he strengthened me. This angel touched Daniel, and in the context, he looked like a man to Daniel, but of course he wasn't a man. He had the appearance of a man. He was an angelic being, and he said, he touched me and he strengthened me. And then I had a guy in my church that I, I really liked him. His name's Larry. Uh, you know, he's ex-drug addict, ex-alcoholic, ex-bodybuilder. His arms are as big as my thighs and as strong as that plexiglass. I mean, he's a massive human being. And I liked him, but he never would stay put. He'd be at church for a month and he'd be gone for two months. He'd come for two weeks, be gone for three months. Come for five weeks, be gone for... And one day he just left and we didn't see him for two years. I was on the mission field somewhere. I don't know where I was preaching, somewhere in the world. And my wife and my mother-in-law was alive then. They were having dinner in a restaurant and here came Larry across the restaurant like this. He's about 6'2", probably weighed close to 300 pounds, all muscle. And he's, 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 he's wincing his face when he's walking to my wife. And he comes to, my wife's name's Diana, and he said, Pastor Diana. She said, Larry, what happened to you? He said, oh, said, we haven't seen you in a long time. He said, well, I'm sorry, I left, and I started driving a truck up and down the freeway. And one of those trucks that carries cars on it. And they put a car right over the cab of the, of the big 18-wheeler, which is pretty high up, 12 to 15 feet, he said. He said, I went to open the door to get in to drive it off the ramp and stepped back and fell to the ground. I busted every bone in both feet, both ankles. I've had, uh, you know, 10 or 12 surgeries. I've been in rehab for two years. 
I'm taking boots of Heineken kicking medicine and you can tell I'm having a hard time just walking. Anyway, just talking to you. You know, if you're really hurt and you, you can't play with Tylenol 3, a little bit of codeine or something silly. I'm just talking to you. I'm not a doctor, but I'm an ex-addict. But here he is. He can barely walk. And my wife smartly said, <laughs> my wife smartly said, you know, Michael, that's me. She said, Michael has anointing for bones. Larry, come back to church. We're not mad at you. So he showed up. Six weeks later, roughly, he came to church one Sunday and the Lord said, call Larry up. I'm going to take care of that today. I said, Larry, come on up here. And he came on up and he was uh, back where the lady in the pink's at. And it took him almost five, five minutes to get up to the front of the church. He was just barely walking. You know, when your feet hurt, and he's got one of those uh, cards that says, I'm going to set your beeper off at the airport. He's got so much steel in him. I don't know how many screws and plates they put in him and bolts. And, and he, he walks up. He's at the altar and lifts his hands. I lay hands. He falls down. Falls down on his back. And I stepped up on the step and I said, well, uh, the Lord said the angel's going to finish this. Let's just wait. So we just waited a minute. Now, if you weren't in the front, you couldn't have said all this, but... People were looking over each other to see what was going to happen. And all of a sudden, one of those legs come up and the, the, the uh, ankle twists and pulls. I, I've, been to re I've seen it in rehab when I went to pray for somebody. They said, well, they're down at rehab. And I went in to see it. And they're doing that to stretch the tendons and ligaments. And then he left that. Now, the angel's doing that. Then the other leg came up and, and laid it down. He laid there about another 30 seconds. He walked back to his seat like this. What do you think of that? <laughs> That'll make your day, won't it? Yes, sir. Yeah. And, and within about a month, he took a lap one day, and I said, come take the mic and share with the people. And he jumped up and down on his feet. Now, remember, this is a massive guy. He's a bodybuilder. He's solid muscle. And he just jumped up and down three or four times to show everybody, hey, I'm not in any pain. He went back and told his lawyers, you know, and they said, well, we've already filed the case. Shut up. And so they gave him a big check. Yeah, I'm just talking to you here a minute. See, God did that in a matter of seconds on a man that he'd been through all these surgeries, rehab, medications, everything else. And within probably less than three minutes, God made him whole again. We just, we're just barely scratching the surface on this. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let's read verse 19. Here's another thing. And he said, O man greatly beloved, talking to Daniel, the angel, fear not. You know why he said fear not? Because he could be intimidating. Yes. <laughs> fear not, peace be unto you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, notice this, I was strengthened and said, Lord, let my Lord speak, small l, for thou hast strengthened me. So in this particular case, you've got two references. One where an angel touches you and you get strengthened. One when an angel speaks to you and you receive strength. Either way. And then there's another passage. I think it's, I, I don't even know exactly where it's at right now, but I'm guessing maybe First Kings 18 or 19 <clears throat> when the prophet, uh, the prophet, you know, ran off and, uh, the angel came with food from heaven. I don't know if you remember that or not, but it said he went in to strengthen that food. 
for 40 days and 40 nights. There is no GNC store on earth can do that for you. I don't know if you have GNC up here, uh, General Nutrition or, or Whole Foods or whatever you want to call it, the health food stores. There's no product that could do that for you for 40 days and 40. So, so how did Jesus receive strength? I don't know if the angel spoke to him. I don't know if the angel touched him. How about Mark 1? Did the angels bring him food at the end of that temptation? I don't know. It doesn't say. I'm not presuming that happened. I'm just, throwing, I'm just pointing out some biblical references for you to show you that angels were an assistance all through the Bible. What shocks me is the book of Genesis, when I go, went back and read it, after I began to study on angels and found out Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, how much they knew about angels. And I'm thinking most New Testament churches I go in, they can't even measure up to that. And these were unregenerated people. These was after Adam fell. <laughs> They're not born again. They're not spirit filled. They don't speak in tongues. They don't know how to get a hold of God like we do. Yeah, yeah. And yet they had profound revelation on the angels. It's just amazing what they knew about them. And here, sometimes people are struggling when they shouldn't be and don't have to be. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1 with me. You learned anything today? Yeah. I'm, I'm not moving as fast as I thought I would, but uh, it's still good. And I hope you're getting something. I'm getting something. Again and again, and I don't know how many times I've preached this, but uh, we're just trying to help you see some things in here. And... I may have to, verse, uh, Colossians 1.16, this is a profound scripture, very important to our study. Uh, it says, for by him, Colossians 1.16, by Jesus, or by Jesus the word, that's the way I would uh, phrase it when I hear by him, and it's referring to Jesus, I think Jesus is the word, and he's the word made flesh, but anyway, for by him were all things created, and you could translate for by him all beings were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Oh, so we got beings in the earth that are invisible. Hmm. Now listen, it doesn't say unreal. It just says unseen. What do I mean by that? Unseen by the natural eye. I operate in discerning of spirits. I didn't ask for that. God gave it to me and I've tried to develop it over the years. What does that mean? That means when the Lord permits me to, I can see into the spirit world. Yeah, yeah. And I can see things that somebody standing next to me couldn't see. Yeah. I see angels, sometimes I see d demons. Yeah. Occasionally I see into somebody's spirit. That's rare, that third one, but occasionally I do. Just talking to you here. There is an unseen realm in the planet, that's what this verse says, and I'd like to point this out because I had a friend, he since went to heaven, he pastored in New Mexico. He was a mayor for a city and a pastor of a church and he came to me one time in a meeting with Dr. Dufresne. His name was uh, Andy Silva, Pastor Silva. And he, he, we were in the same meeting in Iowa and I was having breakfast by myself. I think my wife was up in the room and he came in and I said, Come sit by me if you like. I, I didn't know him that well, but he said, can I sit by you, Pastor Jake? I said, sure, love to have you. And he said, I hear you know a little bit about angels. I said, well, a little bit. What can I help you with? And he said, well, you know, I'm a mayor. I said, yes, sir, I know that. And if, I've been to his church and preached for him too, by the way. But anyway, he since went to heaven. But he said, now I've got angels that work with me in the mayoral office, but those same angels do not work with me in the pastoral. I said, well, that's not their assignment. That's why. It's just simple. And he said, you got a verse for that? And I said, no, but I'm going to get one. Give me a little time to research and I'll call you. 
about two weeks later, I went to this verse because Ephesians, in Ephesians reference, it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities power. That's evil stuff. There's no reference here to evil stuff at all. And one of the newer translations, and I don't remember which one it was to quote from it, but it said, are angels and archangels here. So these are good spirit beings. What is a principality? It's a prince over a municipality. Just like you have, I don't know what you have here, if you have mayors or governors or whatever you have over your city, those kind of people, if they're godly and if they're praying, God could help an angel be assigned to them to help govern in a local principality, in a local municipality. See, they wanna be involved in so many different, see, they've been sent forth to minister. Yes. That doesn't mean it makes everything right in the city because sinners are sinners and they're going to sin. Until they get converted, they're going to sin. They're going to go after the darkness because that's what they are. They're not just going after it. They are darkness. All right. So it says here, there are beings in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. So this is not talking, in my opinion, in the passage in Colossians here about evil powers. It's talking about godly powers that have different levels of dominion. So, you know, there, there's angels called archangels. There's angels called cherubims. And they all have a different a job assignment. Is you listening to me? So anyway, in every one of these classes of angels that I've studied, the seraphims, the cherubims, archangels, and the personal angels, all of them have been involved scripturally in interaction with human beings on this planet in one way or another. Yeah, one of them posted, you know, at the way back into the garden when Adam fell, he had to stay out because God didn't want him to come back in and eat of the tree of life and live forever in a lost state. That's right. So he had to protect that. Because yeah. yeah. this person's dangerous now. Yeah. And, he, and there would be no redemption for mankind. You know, God cares about us. He, he met, put that, that cherubim probably was already there, but he began to guard the way back into the garden so they couldn't get back in and eat of the tree of life and live forever in a lost state. Yes. Am I making sense to you? Yes, sir. You still here? You didn't go home on me, did you? We're, we're talking about this unseen but not unreal realm. Let me say something else here. I'm not bragging when I say I operate in something. I'm trying to help you to understand maybe how some of the things have come to me, but I'm just teaching you out of the Bible. I, I haven't even told any of my visions yet, have I? I just told you about seeing that angel in Virginia, Chesapeake, that's all I talked about. I, that, that was a vision, but just a momentary glimpse of something. But maybe tonight we'll talk about the visions we've had and talk about how angels are assigned to churches and angels are assigned to ministries. Yeah, let, let's look at at least one or two scriptures. Go to Genesis with me, chapter 28. This has begun to get me started. I couldn't tell you how many years ago it's been, quite a while. Genesis 28, you know Jacob's ladder, you've heard of that, it's no relation to me. Now, now see here, look at this verse, verse 12. And he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on the earth and behold the top of it reached to heaven and behold the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Now you know I read that to you just like I read it to my own brain years ago, maybe, maybe 20 years ago and I read it but the Lord realized what I was thinking. How many know the Lord knows your thoughts? And he, and he said to me, Michael, read it again. 
So I read it again. And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. Now, see, I'm going to tell you what I thought in my brain when I read that. I read it just like I read it, but in my mind, the picture I had was somehow God cut a hole out of heaven and threw a rope ladder down, and the rope into the rope tinkled on the earth, on the grass, you know, and then the angels, you know, came down and went up. That's what I'm thinking in my mind. That's my mind's eye is thinking that, but I'm reading the scripture. The Lord said, you don't have it. Read it again. He told me to read it. I read it seven times before I figured it out. I'm going to read it to you then to show you what it really says. He dreamed and behold, a ladder set up on the earth. So this ladder didn't start from heaven. It started in the earth. And it went up to heaven. And the angels of God, look at me a minute, were ascending and descending because this is where they live. They had access to go to heaven momentarily, but they came right back down because this is where they live. You know, I came up from Indiana to be with you in Toronto. That's north of me. I live in the bottom of Indiana, right by Louisville, Kentucky, right in that little area. And I flew up, me and Pastor Alvin flew up, to, but I'm going back home because that's where I live. I don't live here. Nothing, nothing matter with you guys or where you live, but I don't live here. So I'm just visiting, then I'm going back home. That's where my point of reference is. I fly out and go all over the world from there out of Louisville or Chicago or Dallas or, you know, wherever I fly out of. You know what I'm saying? So it says here, these angels, see, see, I read that and I finally caught a hold to it. And I said, well, these angels must be assigned to the earth. And I said to the Lord, this is what I said. This was kind of funny. I said, Lord, Lord, if this is really you, see, I'd never, I'd never heard anybody ever say that. Like, like I'm telling you, if this is really you, you're going to give me at least two more scriptures. And one of them is going to have to be in the letters to the churches or I will not preach it publicly. I don't preach out of Genesis for New Testament revelation. He knows what I'm talking about. You think he's angry at me? He says, Michael, I'll do you one better. I'll give you three scriptures more and one of them will be in the letters. I said, bring it. We're on. You ready? Go to John's gospel chapter one. See, see, because you can catch a little verse in the Old Testament. And this is why some people I don't, you know, I don't follow people sometimes because they try to make a doctrine out of one scripture out of Leviticus and it doesn't even pertain to us. It's like these guys selling uh, hats and, and, and Jewish shawls to wear to make your prayers work. Baby, that ain't going to make your prayers work. You ain't going to get anything to work if you don't have faith. I don't care if you wear a doily on your head or a tablecloth. You're not going to get it. Get real. Faith makes God's work. Faith makes prayer work. Not some kind of garment on your head. John chapter 1 verse 51. Do you have that silliness up here too? Anyway, yeah. Holy oil from the river. Oh my God. You don't need no holy oil from the river. Water. You just need to take a drink and God bless you. Verily, verily, John 1, 51. Verily, verily, I say unto you, hereafter you shall see heaven open. There it is. And the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Same terminology. Now we're going somewhere. See, God's helping me. I didn't even know that was in the Bible. I hate to tell you that. I mean, when he told me, I knew where John was. John 1, 51. And then he added another thought to this, the same terminology that Jacob had used, Jesus has used it, and he makes this comment, ascending, ascending, and descending upon the Son of Man. He identified himself with us. That angels are going to be involved coming out of that spirit realm or spirit world, not 
the planet heaven necessarily, but, but in this earth, and they were going to be ministering to us. Did Jesus receive ministry from them? Absolutely. I just showed you several. Did Daniel? Absolutely. Did Elijah? Absolutely. Okay, now let's go back to Zechariah. You still with me, aren't you? I know we've went a little long time today. I, I'm not apologizing because I feel like you're hungry. At least some of you are. The rest of you wish we'd shut up and go to lunch. But anyway, we're going to get you there. It'd be all right. Uh, you said I had to one. I was going to try to minister. We still may try to minister. We're, just, we're not in a rush, though. Let's look here at Zechariah chapter 1. This reminds me of Brother Hagin. These are the verses that Jesus personally gave me to confirm the reference in Genesis. That's my point to you. If you can't prove it to me by, because I repeated to him what you said. I said, Paul said he got this revelation from you personally, and he wrote in the mouth of two or more witnesses, Father. So I, I said, you're going to have to give me at least two or more. He said, I'll give you three, and one of them will be over in the letters. We haven't got there yet. But let's read Zechariah. It reminds me of Brother Hagin, starting in verse 7 of chapter 1 of Zechariah. Upon the fourth and twentieth day of the eleventh month, which is the month Sebat, in the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord unto Zechariah, the son of Berechai, the son of Edo, the prophet, saying, so-and-so street, McKinney, Texas. That's what that reminds me of. And I saw by night, verse 8, behold a man riding upon a red horse, and he stood among the myrtle trees, and they were in the bottom. Behind him there were red horses speckled and white. Then said I, O my Lord, what are these? And the angel that talked with me said unto me, I will show you what these be. And the man that stood among the myrtle trees answered and said, These are they whom the Lord hath sent to walk to and fro through the earth. Not in heaven. These were, these were angelic beings on angel horses who were walking to and fro through the earth. Are you with me? You know, the, I did some research on this passage in verse 10, and I found out it meant in one translation, they were sent to patrol the earth and maintain security. Then I looked up further, and it said to do recon, security, or combat for us. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, there's some bad motor scooters. You know, I'm just letting you know, when you get up in the morning, you, you see the Secret Service talking to their cufflink and their lapels. And remember I told you they could hurt you bad if you start to fool with our president. Yeah. They look really nice dressed and really yeah. calm and everything. But believe me, they could mess you up. Yeah. Well, when you get up in the morning, the angels are the same way. He's up. Make sure his feet don't get scuffed. You know, we, want, we want to make sure that he, we're taking care of him. That's, that's right. Bring it. These are they whom the Lord has sent to walk to and fro through the earth. Now the Lord has sent them, but do you send them? Yeah, you, you're going to have to. I'm going to not get to that this morning. You have to come back tonight for part two. Stay tuned for further direction. Let's look at one last scripture in the letters because this, this confirms the whole message about angels in the earth. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. You still with me? Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. I, I, I just got carried away teaching, but it's, it's okay. And you know, I don't think many, much of you have heard this unless you read my book on angels. Or maybe you read somebody else's book, but I doubt it. I doubt that they said what I'm saying. As I've read 100. There's a few. Pastor Brother Caps has a good book. 
you know, but anyway, not many, not many do have. In 1 Corinthians 4 and 9, look at this. Now, pay attention with me here. For I think that God, because <clears throat> see, I said to the Lord, remember what I said? You're going to have to give me more than one reference, and one of them's going to have to be in the letters, or I will not preach this as New Testament revelation. That's what I told him, because I'm way back in Genesis when he began to straighten out my thinking. I think that God has set forth us, the apostles, last, as it were, appointed to death, for we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. Well, when I began to read that scripture, and I looked it up in the footnote, and of course I have a good Bible, Cambridge, one of the better ones, and it says GR, which means Greek period, but I don't trust my Bibles as much as I trust the original Greek scriptures. I don't care who wrote it. Just to let you know. I don't mean I'm challenging the scriptures. I'm challenging the footnote. Because yeah. some of them got weirdness in them. And some of them, uh, the footnote's right, but they didn't teach it. Like Mr. Schofield. God bless him. Anyway. Now, the word spectacle in the GR, it says, means the word theater. And I looked it up in the Greek, and guess what it means? Theater. So we are, listen, we are a theater to the world, the world is looking at us, listening to it, and other men and women are looking and listening, but the angels. So if we're a theater to the angels, what do you do? Let me ask you, what do you do when you go watch your child's third grade play? You sit and be quiet, look and listen. What do you do if you go to a movie? I know there's not much on decent to watch, but if you do go to one, you're watching, you're listening and looking. That's what you're doing. What have you been doing with me today? Looking and listening to me. Well, that, see, we are that to the angels, so the angels then, by nature of this verse, they're here today, and they've been looking at us and listening. Yes, yes. And just like one of the, the, the second vision I ever had in 83, see, they said, we're excited you're teaching about us. We've desired to be involved in the body of Christ, and they won't let us. And when I came today, they said to me, we're still excited you're teaching about us. Keep talking. Amen. They're with me. They're here with us. Other angels. Hallelujah. You, you are a theater to that. They're looking at you and watching you, and they're listening for words that come out of you that allow them to operate. Every day I get up, I say, Father, thank you for delivering me from every evil work and preserving me under the heavenly kingdom. I thank you, Father, for preserving my life today, keeping me safe from all fear and all danger and all destruction. And I release your angels to garrison around about me and go with me safely wherever I go, whatever I do. Yeah, I've flown all over the world. I'm not bragging, I just have been there. Not every single country, but I've been, I've been around a little bit. I've been to a couple county fairs in the hayride and a couple weenie roasting. I think I was the weenie they were roasting. Now I had some problems with some people along the way. They didn't want to learn, didn't want to grow, didn't want to be challenged. I just keep on preaching. Used to bother me, don't bother me anymore. I mean, I love you, but if you don't like what I say, then God bless you. Just do without, but you don't have to. You could learn with me and grow with me. I'm trying to help you. And I'm not being smart, I'm being intelligent with you by saying, because I just, praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us today on Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we encourage you to partner with us financially to continue the teaching of God's Word. To give, please write to 
Foundation for Life Christian Ministries or securely online at foundationforlife.ca. Healing for the Nations is a ministry of Foundation for Life Christian Ministries. Visit foundationforlife.ca and avail yourself of our valuable life-building resources for free. Join us next time on Healing for the Nations.